The Defense Department is making cybersecurity a top priority. That means contractors need to comply with some new standards. Federal News Network Scott Mossioni spoke with Covington and Burling partner Susan Cassidy about what companies can expect when complying with cybersecurity standards from the National Institute of Standards and Technology, now required in DOD contracts. This actually started way back in 2013. Right now, the government does not have one uniform cybersecurity requirement uh, for its contractors. Uh, They've been trying since 2011, actually, to get a rule passed, and we expect to see one next year, but that's what they say every year. Uh, In 2013, DOD decided it was a big target. It issued its first rule, and it actually posed a a different set of requirements. The federal government has its own cybersecurity requirements for its own systems, and it's in a different publication. It's a NIST publication called 800-53 with many more controls than even the ones that are in 800-171. They imposed that at first, a subset of those on contractors at first, and then spent some time developing 800-171. So the 800-171 controls that contractors in DOD are subject to now are essentially a subset of the ones that are imposed on government systems, but the ones in government systems are concerned with three things. They're concerned, as in most cybersecurity, with CIA, confidentiality of data, the integrity of data, and the availability of data. 800-171 is essentially concerned with the confidentiality of data. So that's what the government, DOD, is concerned about primarily with the 800-171, and that sort of helps if you understand that, I think it helps contractors understand how the controls should be interpreted and what the concerns are. So back in mm, August 2015, DOT imposed these controls on contractors overnight. As you can imagine, industry went a little bit insane. Right. Eventually, DOD backed off and realized it needed to give contractors some time to implement these. It eventually issued a new rule in, until December 2017, December 31st, 2017, to implement all of these controls. And there's essentially at the time was 109 controls. And this is important for what we're going to discuss today. As they got closer and closer to the December 2017 date, DOD began to be concerned that many of its contractors would not be able to implement all of the controls. Some of it for very good reasons. For example, there are certain encryption requirements that may not apply, may not be able to be applied to certain old industrial control systems. There were Uh, You know, you might have multiple systems and even sophisticated contractors were having a hard time. So DOD added 110th control. And that 110th control was a system security plan. And that's where a lot of the guidance that we're going to talk about today addresses. And at first, industry was very unhappy. Why are you adding yet another control right before we get to the deadline? And what DOD has responded with is, no, we did that in order to give you a safe harbor. Okay. So as long as you have, they've interpreted the reg to say, the reg says you must implement 800-171, the current version of 800-171 at the time a contract is awarded. And what um, this control, this final control does is gives you a safe harbor because DOD has interpreted that to mean if you have an SSP, a system security plan, which requires you to go through every control, and for every control you have to indicate have you implemented it or not implemented it, or what stage you are in implementing it. And if you haven't fully implemented it, you need a a plan of action and milestones. So long as you have that SSP and you have a POEM, you have implemented 800-171. It's not a complete get-out-of-jail-free card because the requirement in the reg is actually that you provide adequate security. And I think what we're finally seeing now with this new guidance is DOD 
now saying, look, everybody should have implemented 800-171. Now we're going to look at adequate security, which may mean we want more than 800-171 for a particular program. That's sort of a long-winded answer, but that's the history of how we got there. So so it sounds to me, I'm just going to kind of just uh, summarize this a little bit, is that you know, this this was a lot of burden for, for industry. DOD recognized that and said, okay, we want to see that at least that you have started implementing this, that you're you're putting a, a goodwill faith into to this and, and really trying. And now they're, they're trying to tighten that up a little bit. Is that is that sort of a good uh, summary, maybe? I think that's right. I think they, they, they want to try to get to everybody to a certain level, right? The sort of baseline. And I think now uh, you're seeing them tight. Exactly right. They're tightening up and they're going to make it a performance and award differentiator. So they're going to make it part of the evaluation scheme. So we're we're seeing uh, these these tightenings, and and you outlined some of them in your blog on uh, inside government contracts. So I was wondering if you might just outline a few of the the uh, things that they're tightening up because they they really do go from everything from pre contract to the the actual award. So pre award, they have three objectives. The first one is that is one that already exists. There is a a clause, a DFARS clause, that basically is requires you at the time you submit your proposal to to certify that you are in compliance with 800-171. That's the first first leg of the of, of the requirements. The second objective is they now recognize that they may need more than 800-171 controls. So there's a new appendix that uh, NIST is going to be publishing with a set of enhanced controls. And these enhanced controls would be in addition to the 871, and it would be optional unless they were imposed on you in a contract. Um, the Navy did something similar where they uh, they issued a memo uh, with, a, with a list of enhanced controls that they are seeking to impose on contractors in certain programs. I mean, they've been subject to a number of cyber attacks based on the reports in the, in the media, but that's what you're going to see. You're going to see a contract requirement for things in addition to 800 and the last thing they're doing, which I think is what will will resonate with with a lot of clients as well, is that DOD is going to evaluate your compliance with 871 um, as part of an award decision. So these system security plans that are probably, for the most part, put together by your IT is something that should also be read by your business development team and probably your legal team because they're going to become part of the evaluation factors potentially in a new award. And that means it's going to impact your competitive landscape. So that's pre-award what's going to happen. So I wanted to move on to the second guidance, which is the consequences for noncompliance. And, and this is something that, you know, we don't see from government as much as when they're actually going to uh, put their fist down and say, you know, you're in trouble for, for not doing this. So um, if you don't meet these new rules, what, what might uh, industry see and, and contractors see? There's all kinds of things that you can do to get in trouble, right? The first, going back... To the original, when you submit that proposal, you are telling the government in a certification that you are in compliance with 871, which means at a minimum, you need to have an SSP and a POAM in place. If you have that uh, SSP and POAM become a part of your contract, so you have a, let's say, for, exist, for instance, you have not met a certain control. You, you don't have multi-factor authentication on, on every access point that you need to for your, for your system. And you have a POAM that says, here's our plan for how we're going to do that. There could be an argument that if you do not follow that plan, which you provided to the government, that you would, and you had no intention of following that plan, you could have a false claim. 
if you had every intention of following the, following the plan and you didn't do it for some reason, you might be in breach of your contract. Um, so I think they have new weapons to sort of come after you both on a False Claims Act approach or on a breach of contract approach. Covington and Burling partner Susan Cassidy speaking with Federal News Network Scott Massioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. With Target's red card debit card, you'll save 5% every Target trip on top of everyday low prices in-store and online. Debit red card links from your existing bank account. Visit Target.com slash red card to get all the details. Restrictions apply.